1: I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Friday, and I'm here with Anna Navarro. This is Behind the Table. All right, so we're here. It's Friday. Anna Navarro is here. Now, for the second time in our 50-some-odd podcast, the set just collapsed behind me. This is the second time this has happened, both times with you here. You have some sort of presence that... Breaks the set. Can you, can we?
2: Or the set is cheap. Yeah. Barely standing up. Yes. There's no adhesive keeping this set up on the walls. And so it I'm just, what I like, though, is that the set falls on your head, not mine. Both times
1: it falls on my head. And I think it's because, I think you reverberate around the studio (laughs) in a way that shakes things to their foundation and to their core. But here we are. So we we just came from the show. In the last segment, we were debating uh, the reason, you were talking about your the phrase you enjoy saying is that the only reason you enjoy do the show is because you get to be mean to me. I don't disagree. Joy, I think is now a little bit more tentative about being mean to me. The other ones rushed to my defense, which I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, Any, any thoughts there?
2: No, I have absolutely no issue on, uh, (laughs) on putting you on the stand on asking you questions. I thoroughly enjoy the supposed feud we're in. Yeah, I really enjoy that. I think that too. your wife enjoys it too. I think Heather's loving. She
1: loves it. you, you being
2: called useless. I, I think. think yeah. I mean, it's it's that article is getting turned into a into into what wallpaper in your Christmas
1: house? Christmas wrapping paper, I think, <laughs> is probably what it is. But um, yes, my wife enjoys the podcast with you the most because uh, you're the meanest to me, which is good. She'll she'll be a guest here eventually. Um, all right. So moving on from me, you made quite a bit of news this week, uh, but not by something you'd normally expect, and not by our feuding. This time, your Instagram post about the Maluma concert. Now, you had talked about the fact that you were excited about Maluma on the podcast. Tell tell me what's happened.
2: Okay, what's happened? Let's see. I had this crazy night last Saturday. Literally went to the opening of Gordon Ramsay's new restaurant in uh, Miami called Hell's Kitchen, Divine. Went to a gala for Make-A-Wish Foundation where Sting played, Divine. And went to the Maluma concert. This is all the same night, Saturday night within blocks of each other, each of these venues. Uh, and I wrote on Instagram that Maluma happens to be one of the most good looking, gorgeous, sexy. I mean, he is crazy, good looking. This kid is a perfect human specimen. Mm-hmm. and um and I said that uh, that I found him incredibly sexy and was and that but that he's twenty nine years old, which makes him young enough to be. My child, which might explain why I'd like to breastfeed him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, just to give you a window into my, my world, I have, unfortunately, part of my job is just to be kept abreast of the things that you guys are doing and talking about. Oh, I see and, what you did that yeah, same, there. <laughs> and I get the occasional news alert on my phone. So, generally speaking, when my phone starts like going off, over and over and over again with one host name, it's not the best thing, generally speaking. This time, I turned it up and I'm like, "Well, what did? What the hell did Anna do?" And, and I, I read it, and you didn't do it on the show, so I was fine. But um, people went crazy about this. They they overreacted, in my opinion. You were well, making a joke. You were being a little blue, but that's you, and that's why people love you, and it's it's fine.
2: Listen, if you don't want to get vulgarity and something (laughs) crass and directness and bluntness, literally don't follow me. Don't listen to me. But, you know, I get the joke here. I get the I get the the what what the thing is. Right. So a lot of times right wing I'm clickbait for right wing media. Sure. They will get something I say. They'll turn it into something terribly negative and there'll be. And right wing media is incredibly impressive and good at all of them saying the same thing at the same time. So they amplify it. The left, they're all over the place. They all have different messages. But right-wing media, they have, I guess they must have these editorial calls or something where they say, okay, today we're all going to write about this, 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 and this. Oh, and Anna Navarro's a pervert because she wants to breastfeed Maluma. Yes. People, first of all, I'm 51 years old. I couldn't get anything to come out if I I tried. I also did call, though, uh, my friend who's Maluma's publicist, and I said to her, listen, Please, for the love of God, get Maluma on the show. And if he does come on the show, I'm coming out with a baby bottle.
1: <laughs> All right, so, so you're switching the formula. Yes, for I'm, okay. I'm switching
2: to formula. <laughs> well, you know. So, so, so to be clear, oh, and then, by the way, congratulations to Maluma because he's actually expecting a baby. He and his girlfriend are expecting a baby who's uh, going to be a little girl named Paris. Yes, and I am delighted for him.
1: There we go. And I, and your, uh, to your recollection, to the publicist, Maluma found this enjoyable.
2: Please, out of all the things you can say, I mean, you yeah. think I'm the only person, the only, the only menopausal woman or man lusting over Maluma? No, I do not. Go look at him. He looks like he looks like a Latino David. Like yeah. you know, like he could have been carved by
1: Michelangelo. I've said it before. It's like I have a twin. <laughs> all right, and you were honored this week, um, not by right wing media, but by the Hollywood Reporter's most powerful Latin players in film, TV, and music, as was Maluma. You, you Now, you came to this country as a political refugee from Nicaragua. Could your younger self have ever imagined that this would be your life?
2: First of all, I I still can't imagine that I'm on TV, that I'm on national TV, right? People with accents like I have, uh, you know, chubby people like I am, people like me, you know, a little girl from Miami is not supposed to be on uh, our national uh, TV. And certainly I think um, I have a platform. One of the things that really touches me, is when people, um, other Hispanics, when people recognize and thank me for using this platform, always trying to somehow find a way to represent. Uh, and that means a lot to me. Look, we don't have enough representation in Hollywood. We don't have enough representation in the media industry. It is not proportionate with our percentage of the population. But I do feel like there's been great progress made. When I see um lists like this that do have people some of them are icons and legends that have opened up the industry people like Danny Trejo and America Ferreira and John Leguizamo and Eva Longoria I mean you know the uh, Estefans. who really there was no crossover music mm-hmm. crossover was not a thing now we hear with Ricky Martin we hear it with Pippa we hear it, but when Gloria Stefan first did Dr. Beat Oh my God! He's drinking every time I mention Gloria Stefan.
1: <laughs> I <make>. was thirsty. <laughs> no, it really is impressive. So it was, really it was very nice. Yeah.
2: They had an event uh, in Miami uh, with with some of the folks that have been recognized. Uh, one is also uh, Chris Abrego, who I'm incredibly proud of. He's you know, he and I have been friends for uh, several years, and he just started a new company for Latino content. Uh, so there's there's now people in the executive suites in a way that there weren't a few years ago. There's Cesar Conde, who's president of yeah. NBC News. There's, um, you know, there's there's directors, there's showrunners, there's writers, there's people really making a difference. And uh, and I'm, I'm just humbled it's, to be in that. In it's their an company. incredible
1: list. I mean, you certainly belong there. But when you see the names that are on it, it's got to fill you with uh, so much pride. I mean, it's really impressive.
2: Okay, so from now on, I just want you to refer to me as Powerful Latina. Powerful that's Latina,
1: Ana Navarro. Yes. Oh, that's next week's open. <laughs> yeah, I'll re record this one later if we can see if we can do it that way. But yes, Powerful Latina, Ana Navarro. I certainly never have doubted your power. In fact, when you got named to this list, you sent me a text saying, Did you realize how powerful I am? And the answer that was is was a joke. I know. But the answer is, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, all right, moving on to politics. You talked about Senator Manchin not running for re-election on the show today and the possibility of third-party candidates. What do you think about a third party?
2: I think sometimes it sounds better in theory and in concept than it does in reality. Look, uh, the the political system in the United States is set up to favor a two-party system right Mm -hmm. now. And there's a lot of things it's just, you know, running for president is not just like, okay, you know what, I'm going to run for president as a, as a vegetarian and that'll be great. You have to go through a lot of, of hoops. Oops. You have to get on ballots. You have to meet filing deadlines. You've got to, in some states, uh, get the signatures, get the structure, get, the, you know, it's not just this thing that comes into your head. And so it's very difficult to do it in less than a year which much less than a year, because by the I mean the ballots get printed months before an election. There's primaries in less than three months in some states. Starting, I also think uh, that when you are facing the possibility of a Donald Trump, who I see as an existential threat to democracy and to America and to the world, and when you are looking at the possibility of him benefiting from a possible from Joe Manchin musing that he's going to run as a third-party candidate. I think that's irresponsible. I think it's—and I, I also—I I started off as a great fan of no labels. Mind you, my husband mm-hmm. uh, has been part of it uh, in the beginning. I started off as a great fan of it. I think what they were trying to do in building a legislative agenda that was bipartisan and trying to work— across party lines and having a problem solvers caucus that they had in Congress was really a great thing. But sometimes I think they get caught up with themselves and I am sorry, but I absolutely believe that there's a lot of uh, wealthy elite Former this, former that, former Governor John Huntsman, former Senator Joe Lieberman, former this, who make part of no labels, who are very thirsty and needy of relevance and attention. uh, and, uh, and, and, And this is a platform they're using for that. Also, watch who the donors of no labels are. There are a lot of wealthy Republicans who are donating to no labels. And so I just, I don't want anything to happen that will help in any way, shape or form, Donald Trump be the next president, whether it's Jill Stein or Joe Manchin or RFK or the guy from Minnesota or Pinka Polina. I don't care. I don't want absolutely anything. I'm going to be against anything and everything that may help Donald Trump in any which way.
1: But as somebody who is a Republican, who has trouble identifying the party that she became a Republican to be a part of, is the idea of Another party that reflects those original Republican values appealing in any way if it wouldn't be a spoiler situation or not really? Because you've said this is not the Republican Party that you were you understood.
2: Well, look, if there were if there were some racists at the at the local level, at the congressional level, maybe at the Senate level where they could actually have uh, an uh, an independent. Where it wasn't a spoiler. Where where it it wasn't a spoiler. I mean, there's you know, there's independents. The senator of Maine. Is an independent. Mm-hmm. Angus Kinn. There's um, when, what was his name? The um, the wrestler. Uh, who Jesse was, Ventura. Who was, uh, who was governor. Jesse the he Body ran Ventura. As an uh, mm-hmm. independent. So there's, there's states, there's races where independents might be able to win. And I think it would be great to focus on that and give voters that choice. I'd like to have a choice mm-hmm. in Florida. I certainly would have liked to, not, I would have had not to. Ha- choose between, have to choose between Ron DeSantis, who is horrific, and Charlie Crist, who is a horrible husband. Yeah,
1: you were very, I remember how, how distraught right. you were having to make that so choice. So I would yeah. have
2: loved to have a third candidate there who might have been able right. to win, but not if, if it could help Donald Trump. That's where, that to yeah. me is a, a red line on the, in the sand.
1: I understand that.
0: Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
0: Happy Price. Go your Happy Price. Priceline.
1: Um. All right. Well, Tuesday night we saw Democrats and abortion right advocates win major victories in Ohio, Kentucky, and Virginia. Why do you think Republicans are losing on this issue? And are you surprised by it at all? Because
2: again, you know how sometimes we talk about uh, things in theory, things in yeah. concept, and not things in reality. I think we have seen since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the actual ramifications of what that means, right? And it, one thing is campaigning by sloganeering. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, pro-life, pro-choice, pro this. And another thing is to read the stories of the 10-year-old rape victim who couldn't get an abortion. Yeah. Or of the woman in Florida. This story just stuck with me. The woman in Florida who had to carry her child and deliver her child, carry to term and deliver the child and then hold that baby for 90 minutes while it gasped for air and died in her arms because she couldn't get anybody in Florida, given the requisites that it takes, given the fear that doctors have to perform an abortion. So the, the, you you have seen the cruelty. You have seen the health risks, the danger. It feels intrusive. I have no problem with you practicing your religion. I'm a Catholic, a bad one, but I'm a Catholic and I was raised as one. I have no problem with you believing what you do. Just don't shove it down my throat.
1: But I mean, I was I was with you when when it was overturned. We were on the plane yeah. flying out of the country to, to the the, do the shows in the Bahamas. And there was shock on that plane, but I, I don't know that any of us in that moment were would be as confident as we are now that, that Republican women would have a problem with
2: this. And you know, I remember on that plane, mm-hmm. so Whoopi was on that plane, and Joy was on that plane, mm-hmm. I believe. And I think Sonny too. They they kept saying over and over again um before this happened that they were afraid that it would go back to the times that they lived through. Right. From, look, most everybody on that panel, right? Sarah, Sonny, Alyssa, me, all of us have were were raised uh, in a in a era that was post-Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade. Whoopi and Joy had the experience of knowing people who had Back alley abortions with hangers. And they kept talking about that and the trauma and the fear. And it's it's ended up being true. There are women that are going through horrible, horrible, horrible circumstances. And it angers me to no end. And I think a lot of women feel the same way because most of the people making these very strict restrictions and regulations and laws that are passing in some of these states, including my own of Florida. They're mostly men. They're mostly white men. Who don't know anything about a woman's body, uh, and who, frankly, don't know what it's like to be a, a poor black woman or a poor Latina woman facing uh, this situation, perhaps without without um, health care. It's
0: just, yeah.
2: and so I think it feels uh, it feels. Dictatorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any woman, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or anything in between, wants to be told by a bunch of mostly men what to do with their bodies. I think, uh, and I think it's again, it's the reality. It's those stories, those constant horror stories that we're reading. It's the fact that doctors are afraid to be doctors. Yeah. We're losing people going into the medical field because of restrictions like this. And so I, I, I think that's the backlash you are seeing. What I have been, what I've been, I wouldn't say surprised by, but you know, in politics often uh, everything has a very short shelf life and attention, and Americans, I think, we have a very Mm -hmm. short attention span. So I had the question of whether this kind, the the energy and passion surrounding this issue would hold for as long as it has, Mm -hmm. and it has. And And it needs to continue holding.
1: Yeah, I think it'll definitely be at the forefront next year, um, certainly so, especially because you can't win a primary without being very strongly pro-life on the Republican side, but you probably can't win a general election right. <laughs> that way, so it's interesting. Um, all right, speaking of interesting, last Friday you went to see Joy's plays, Bonkers mm-hmm. in the Burroughs. How was it?
2: It was terrific. I didn't see you there.
1: You know, so I asked her for a ticket. I might have even done it on the, on the podcast. I... We were promoting it here. She was talking about it. She was nervous about it. So I just assumed there'd be tickets available. I went online two weeks beforehand. It was completely sold out. I said to Joy, hey, I went online. It was sold out. Is there another way I can go? Is there something I can do? And she, she said, you snooze, you lose. And I, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess I'm not going. Well,
2: I will uh, the place was packed. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed that Friday night. I didn't leave as I usually go home on Fridays. I stayed that Friday night to go uh, to support Joy. Um, I'm incredibly proud of her. This is, it's really quite amazing that Joy at 81 has found this next act. Yeah. uh, And she's passionate about it. We have heard her talk about this and she's been at this because she's been going to writing workshops. She's been uh, writing these plays. She's been, listen, she's been lassoing guests that come here (laughs) to go read and act on them. She had terrific terrific actors and actresses they were so it was a culmination of what i know has been years of work uh by joy and i think they were terrific they were funny i really enjoyed she it. was
1: glowing when she came back and you know she does not somewhat she's pretty pessimistic she dismisses compliments generally speaking but i think she was proud of herself and she should have been and uh, she it's...
2: said that she's gonna uh, i think they're trying to get more showings yeah of the place so you're gonna get another
1: chance i will be there next time believe me i will never miss it again Um, All right, well listen, that was great. Thank you for joining me today, Anna. Um, you know, I've asked people to review the podcast, and they're doing it, which is fantastic. And I'm really appreciating it. I'm reading every single one. So if you get a chance, how do
2: you read the reviews?
1: You go onto the podcast apps, and you look at the bottom, and there's reviews. It's great, and you can they give us uh, five stars, and they tell us what they like and what they don't like. Usually, you know, it's about me. And do people
2: like you? See, they seem to like
1: me. Some of them. Are think, you
2: sure you're not reviewing yourself? I am
1: not reviewing myself. I'm not writing my own reviews. I thought about it for a minute, but I you're didn't sure do it.
2: these are not these are not bot accounts run uh, by 100%. you, hundred
1: percent. Yes, I'm 100% sure. Mm. You can see it yourself. And uh, if you get a chance to do it, please do leave us more reviews and tell us what you like, what you'd like to hear on the show, and uh, we'll do the best to come up with it. All right, All right. I'm leaving.
2: I got to go to Miami. I'm going to Ricky Martin.
1: Oh, very exciting. But on Monday, we got Whoopi's birthday, and that's oh. going to be something. So tune in for that, folks.
2: Yeah. That'll Those be great. are always great shows. Yeah,
1: it's, we got a lot. We got Gladys Knight, we got uh, Hannah Waddingham, we got Favorite Things. It's going to be great. So thank you and have a great weekend. Thank you. Behind the Table is
0: executive produced by Brian Tetta. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake, with production assistant Emily Darcy. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi, and the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Susie Liu, Meg Fierro, Enza Dolce Nini, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Frankie Perez, Audrey Mostek, and Dana Schaefer.